Today, we're talking about meditating on the Word of God. We live in a world right now where meditation is cool again. People are doing it. Doctors are prescribing it. People are trying to get in touch with their inner world all over our planet, which is great because Jesus is all about our inner world, all about transforming us from the inside out. Our relationship with God is not about our outward behavior. It's about our connection to God on the inside, which then changes the way that we live our lives. The issue with a lot of meditation that the world is practicing right now is that it only gets halfway to where God wants us to get to. The emphasis for a lot of meditation in the world right now is on emptying ourselves, getting rid of all of the anxiety, stress, chaos, and noise of which there is more than ever. And this is not a bad thing, emptying ourselves of all of our negative experiences. But taken as the world prescribes this, it only gets us halfway there because these types of of meditation are focused on emptying ourselves because they come from a worldview which believes that the world is empty of meaning. Therefore, if the world is empty of meaning, the highest internal state I can attain is to also feel meaningless in my own life, to get to a place where I'm empty on the inside, where I've got nothing on the inside of me. That's the best way to find peace in this world, according to this worldview. But our Christian worldview is radically different from that because we know that our universe was formed at God's command. The universe has meaning, it has purpose. The heavens display the glory of God. And we know that you and me, we are made in God's image and that God fills everything with his presence and he wants to fill our lives as well. When we come to Jesus, he's not trying to empty us. He's trying to fill us with himself. There is no hope to be found in emptiness. The Bible says that it's Christ in us That's the hope of glory, separate from God. We don't have any cause for hope. But when we come to Jesus and we're filled with Him, having Him on the inside of our lives means that there is hope in our lives. And as we meditate on the Word of God, we become filled with the living Word, the presence of our God. In the world right now, there's a lot of people practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness is all about centering ourselves in right now, bringing ourselves to the moment that we are in, feeling the things that are around us, noticing the world around us, the ground beneath our feet, the wind in our hair, the sunlight on my arms. What am I experiencing right now? And what are my thoughts about this? And if we're ever practicing mindfulness, we should remember who started this trend. The Bible says in Psalm chapter eight, what is man that you are mindful of him? As we're being mindful, we should also be mindful of the fact that God is being mindful of us. He is thinking about us. He's thinking about you. He's interceding on your behalf. And as you feel the sunlight on your arms, remember the one who put it in the sky. And remember that God is thinking about us. And then we start to get our minds full of what God says about us in His Word. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He is for you. He loves you with an everlasting love. You are created in His image. He is interceding on your behalf. He has a plan for your life and He is gonna make all things work together for your good. When we come to God and we're mindful of Him, it transforms us because we we become filled with the promises of God. I, I love the way Psalm chapter one puts it. Psalm chapter one, an amazing passage in the Bible. 
It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. In other words, if we can silence the wrong inputs in our lives and we can find delight in the law of our God and meditate on it day and night, then the Bible says that we're gonna be blessed and we're gonna be like a person who's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. I love this so much. The Bible's literally saying, that you're going to have a secret source of sustenance that, that nobody can see because it's underground. So no matter what's going on in the world around you, you've got roots that go deep and you can reach the stream. You can find sustenance no matter what's happening around you on the surface. You're gonna be fruitful when you're supposed to be fruitful. When you're supposed to bear fruit, fruit is gonna be found in your life. Your life will be sustainable. Your leaf will not wither. Whatever you do will prosper. These are amazing promises from God. If we can silence the wrong inputs and we can find delight in His law and we can meditate on His law day and night. Isn't this amazing? I love this so much. I think the problem for some of us is that we don't find delight in the law of the Lord. For us, it's just not amazing. Have you ever thought about why that is? The key is in the next line. When we're gonna find delight in the law of the Lord when we meditate on it day and night. The Bible is not designed to be skim read. It's meant to be meditated on. And we're not going to get what we need from the Bible if we have a shallow reading of the Bible. It's designed to be meditated on thought about, absorbed into our lives. Here in New Zealand, barbecue season is coming. Praise God, praise God. You might not see it in the world around you, but praise God, it's on its way in Jesus' name. And every man as summer approaches knows that there are two different ways to flavour the meat that goes on the barbecue. And one way is much superior to the other way. There are two ways to do this. The first one is you can cook the meat and then you can throw some sauce on it and you'll still get the flavor from the sauce and it's better than nothing. In fact, it's a huge improvement on doing it without any flavor. But there is another way that is far superior to flavor the meat and that's to before we cook the meat, marinate it in the sauce. And what the meat does is it sits in the sauce and it absorbs the flavor from the sauce. Oh, my mouth's watering right now, praise God. And it absorbs the flavor from the sauce before we cook it. It's a much superior way of flavoring it. When it comes to flavoring the meat, the thing that really matters is the amount of time that the meat spends marinating in the sauce. And it's the same with the Word of God. If we're gonna get everything out of the Word of God that God has for us, we can't skim through it. We can't have a light reading of it. Uh, I mean, putting some on for our day before we, quickly before we leave home is far better than nothing. But if we want to delight in the law of our Lord, we have to spend time marinating in the Word of God until it transforms us. 
The Bible is not just designed for wisdom. It's not just, desi- not, not, not just designed for instruction. It's supposed to be transformative in our lives. But for it to be transformative, it takes time. We need to be marinating, meditating on the word of our God. This is what A.W. Tozer said. I wish there was a way to have a deeper spiritual life painlessly, but no shortcuts exist. God hasn't bowed to our nervous haste or embraced the methods of our machine age. It is well to accept the hard truth now. The man who would know God must give time to him. He must count no time wasted that which is spent in the cultivation of his acquaintance. He must give himself to meditation and prayer hours on end. So did the saints of old, the glorious company of the apostles, the goodly fellowship of the prophets, and the believing members of the Holy Church in all generations. And so must we, if we would follow in their train. We live in a time poor world, full of inventions that we hoped would make life simpler, but instead have made it more complex. This is not news to anybody, but the danger for us is that the Bible gets drowned out as just another source of information that's there for us to consume. We've got the news, We've got podcasts, we've got the latest books, we've got The Economist, we've got house price information updating all the time. We've got Ian Foster talking about the team naming that's coming up. We've got the 1 p.m. press conference. We've got the analysis after the 1 p.m. press conference. We've got the predictions about what tomorrow's 1 p.m. press conference will hold in it. We've got breaking news alerts coming up to our phones because it's breaking news. Somebody has an opinion. These are all sources of input. None of these are bad. Being informed is good. But the Bible is not just another source of information. It's the source of God's revelation to all of humanity. And our danger is that we can be skim reading the Bible, but meditating on the news. And it's going to make our relationship with God shallow. Our primary need every day is not to be informed. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds from the washing of the Word. This doesn't happen for us if the Bible becomes just another app. We do our five minutes, but if we're not meditating on it, it's better than nothing. We're going to get some of the flavor, but we're not going to get the deep relationship with God that can be ours if we would spend time meditating on the Word. I I, I love Psalm 1 because this word meditate in Psalm 1 is quite interesting. It doesn't mean to sit there and cross our legs and and it literally doesn't mean to meditate on the Bible like you're going to meditate while you're physically standing on the Bible. That's not what it means. The, The word meditate in Psalm 1 in the original language literally means to mutter, to mutter. I'm going to attempt to explain this to us today. It's like, it's like I'm talking to somebody else, but I'm just talking to myself in my mind. Sometimes if I'm sure the kids won't wake up when I'm doing it, I do it out loud, but it's very, very quiet. It's like, it's like I'm having a conversation. I'm explaining the Bible to myself. I'm observing it. I'm commentating on it to myself for myself. Sometimes if I'm not doing it out loud, I catch myself breathing out in a rhythm as if I'm talking, like taking a breath after my thought, breathing out while I'm thinking, Sometimes I just find myself muttering under my breath. But muttering the Word of God and what it means to us is a powerful thing to do. 
It's like a stream of consciousness. It's like a conversation I'm having. It's not, it's not, it's not just reading it and, then, and glossing over it and moving on to the next thing. It's having an internal conversation, like turning over a Bible verse, looking at it from a different angle, thinking about it from this side, thinking about it deliberately, as if I'm saying it out loud and trying to explain it. When do we do this? What does this look like for us as Christians? Well, for me, I like to try to get up early. Um, uh, I say I try because I have three kids. Uh, one is six weeks old, so I'm really emphasizing the try. I, I do my best. But if I can, I get up early and I like to put on some worship music. Then I get out my Bible and I, uh, sometimes I have a tea or a coffee. Most times I have a tea or a coffee. Again, three kids. And I find an ability to take notes, whether it's a notebook or, 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 or like uh, sometimes you, I, I'm using my notes app on my phone, but I've got the ability to take notes and I've got my Bible. And then I read my Bible until something pops out at me. And then when it pops out at me, I stop and I dig where the oil is flowing. And I think about that verse and how I can apply it to my life. As Christians, we call this a quiet time or spending time with God or time seeking Him or time in the Word or a devotional time or a devotional life. Whatever you call it, it doesn't matter as long as we're doing it because this is what God is looking for from us. Psalm 53 verse two, God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. God is looking for people that are going to seek Him. As we're reading the Bible, here's a great tool we can use. It's called SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. I think sometimes in our 21st century, we can think that SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application to somebody else and posting about it online. But no, 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 we're going to apply it to our own lives and then we're gonna pray and ask God to help us live out His Word. We're gonna read until we observe, then once we've observed, we're gonna think about it until we can apply it to our lives. And then we're gonna pray and ask God to help us. Please notice the order here. We're not thinking and then reading. I, when I wake up in the morning, I need the Bible as fast as I can get it if I want my thoughts to be positive and constructive. But when we've done this, when we've observed, observed something in the Bible, applied it to our lives and prayed about it, we have meditated on the Word of God. We have heard from God. We have received revelation. It's not that complex. It just takes time, focus, and attention. Revelation from the Word of God isn't a new thought or a new doctrine. It's when God reveals to us how we can apply His Word. Deep teaching and deep revelation isn't about when it intellectually stimulates me. It's about when it deeply impacts me, as in I obey and my life is changed. There is a deep impact in my life because I forgive, I surrender, I love, I offer grace. It's only deep when it deeply changes how I live. I remember the first time this ever happened for me. I was 16 years old and I just got back from our last church camp in 2007. I was reading the book of Acts where Paul and Silas are in prison and the jailer, the Bible says, calls for lights and it just struck me 
that the jailer was calling for lights, but these guys had been shining their lights already. They hadn't hid them under a bushel. They had let their lights shine. And because of that, as they were worshiping God, he set them free from the prison. And sometimes in our lives, we're waiting for someone else to bring some light to our world, but God is waiting for us to shine our own lights. This was revelation to me. This was a scripture that I observed and I applied, and then I prayed, and I thanked God for speaking to me. In fact, I was so excited, I did more than that. In fact, I was more than excited, I was euphoric. This was an amazing experience for me. What an experience. God just spoke to me through His Word. So I did what you would do, I text my friends. And it was late at night, but we all got together, so I could tell them about what God had said to me. It was one of the most powerful moments of my whole entire life. Within the next week, I reckon I had told every person that I knew about how God has the power to speak to us through His Word. Then I got into this practice where every time God would speak to me, I would write it down and I would put it on the walls of my bedroom. I had all these All Blacks posters. I had one of the front rows, Carl Hoft, Anton Oliver and Case Muse. And one by one, all these different posters, I turned them over. And Carl Hoft, Anton Oliver, and Case Muse, God bless them, turned into a scripture on the other side, written in vivid, about how God knows the plans He has for me, declares the Lord, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. And I decided I was going to surround myself with the Word of God. I meditated on it. I marinated in it for hours a day. It came alive to me and I found joy and delight in the Word of God. Now I'm a little bit older, so I've got notebooks. I've got screenshots. We've got notes apps. We've got screen savers. But slowly in my life, I'm bringing back this concept of the verses on the walls. And in our family, we put them on the fridge. These are God's promises for us right now. This is what God is speaking to us about as a family. This is a verse that's going to sustain us in this season. Here are some things that we're praying for and believing for. And now we're teaching our kids how to apply the Word of God, how to hold faith, and how to stand on the Word. The most important thing we can do is to just get started meditating on His Word. There are some people watching this today and your next step should be to try a Bible reading plan. This, this might be the greatest thing you ever try. You might absolutely love it. For me personally, I'm very pro Bible reading plans. I'm a huge fan. I'm very pro, I'm very for them. I start so many Bible reading plans. I start so many of them. I would be an even bigger fan of Bible reading plans if I finished any of them. But I'm just, unfortunately, I'm just not wired that way. I'll get stuck on a verse or I'll get stuck on a gospel story. At the moment for me, it's in Romans chapter one. You know, we talk about the Romans road. Well, I'm stuck right at the start in Romans one verse one because he's called to be an apostle. God called him to do something. Wow, that's amazing. But God also called him to be set apart, to live a certain lifestyle. It might sound basic to you, but God is doing a deep work in me. And reading our Bible, meditating on the word, it's not about checking a box, not about maintaining a streak. It's about getting something from God. It's about the Word being planted in me. If I can get the Word of God in me, if I can get something from God in my life, then I'll be a better person. I'll be a better husband because of it. I'll be a better father, a better friend. I'll be a better leader. So my family's gonna be better. My world is gonna be better. My whole life is gonna be better because I got something 
from God. It's not about a large volume of verses. It's about how deep they get. It's about the time we spend in worship, meditating on what God has said to us. When God speaks, team, I want to encourage us, we want to write it down. Because if we write it down, we'll remember it, and then we can pick it up where we left it off. I like to think about my Bible reading life as like a continual conversation. I'm in a continual conversation with God. And then every day I'm going to pause the conversation and I'm going to go about my day. Then when I get back to my Bible, I'm going to pick up the conversation exactly where I left off. If we write it down, we can revisit it during the day. Remind ourselves of what God says. We can be encouraged as the day goes on and we'll be amazed at how the Word of God can give us hope and restore our souls. Somebody once said that the Bible is an inexhaustible gold mine where one can dig out treasures forever. It's not people's thoughts about God. It's God revealing himself to people. 66 books written by 40 authors in three different languages over 1,600 years. God used people. He could have written it himself. He wrote the Ten Commandments for Moses with his finger. He wrote on Belteshazzar's wall with his hand. But God chose to include the goal of the book in its production. That is the uniting of God and people. The reason God reveals himself to people is to bring us into union with him. He reveals himself through the word. The word became flesh. He is the living word revealed in the written word. The Bible is not an end to itself. It's an invitation to know Jesus better, to experience His person and His truth in our lives. Wherever you are right now, if you're in a local, in a home, watching online, could you stand to your feet if you're able? And I'm gonna pray Luke chapter 24, verse 45 over us. It's an amazing verse in the Bible where the Bible says that Jesus opened the minds of His disciples so that they could understand the Scriptures. So let's position ourselves right now to receive from God. And I'm gonna pray for us. God, I thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for Your ancient Word that's ever true. We thank You that it changes our lives, brings hope to us, restores us, brings light to our eyes, brings perspective to our lives. And God, I'm praying for revelation for all of us. I'm praying You would open our minds that we would understand Your Word. I'm praying for revelation and I'm praying that we would find joy and delight in Your Word. And God, I pray more than anything that You would reveal Yourself to us through Your Word. I'm praying You'd speak to us even now in the, in the mighty Name of Jesus.